The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast with your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall, Jamie Dew. Thank you so much, Doug Danat. It is great to be here with you all in the SNL Hall of Fame. But before you take a, even a quarter-inch step further, please use the welcome mat and wipe those feet. We want to keep all the dirt on the outside. The SNL Hall of Fame podcast is a weekly affair. In each episode, we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for per- per- who will be enshrined for perpetuity in the hall. Listen, we have Sammy Kay joining us today, and this is great news because he always brings the goods. He is going to be talking about Rihanna, and I want to give you a little schooling off the top here. Rihanna is a worldwide act. She is a superstar. And yet she has played this little stage in New York City in Studio 8H in front of 250 people or 300 people, uh, you know, including cast and crew and, uh, you know, the audience and uh, everybody else. She's a goddamn Hall of Famer. She's a goddamn Hall of Famer. She has brought the goods on SNL. She is a worldwide musical superstar. There are a litany of musical guests that have been nominated so far that are sitting in the doldrums of the SNL Hall of Fame of voting. This is it. This is episode 11. So, you know, you've only got four episodes left to start cranking out those votes. And to do that, you're going to need to register to vote. So make sure you register to vote. You can do that by going to snlhof.com or any of our social. You'll see uh, links for voting. Uh, you got to do it. And you got to think hard about these musical acts that are struggling. And, and the right last week we talked about Herb Sargent and the writers. The SNL is, is the sum of these parts. You know, when a show buzzes, when it is great, everything works. And it takes Hall of Famers in every area to create a Hall of Fame episode. So there's that. Let's slide over to talk to my friend Matt Ardill and get into his 
corner to talk a little bit more about this exciting nominee. So, Matt, what are you thinking? Hey, Jamie, this is a big one. Riri, Rihanna. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the greatest pop singers of a generation. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's not bid this further ado. Let's rock and roll. Uh, Rihanna is five foot eight, born February 20th, 1988. Uh, so making her 14 years younger than me and making me feel like a underachiever. Uh, she is a five-time musical guest, grew up in Barbados. As a youth, was a member of the Cadet Corps, which is sort of like their military uh, drill corps. In Canada, we have the Air Cadets, the state, so you have ROTC, sort of the uh, Barbadian version of that. At 16, she was discovered by Jay-Z, who signed her to Def Jam Comedy Records. He was so impressed, he demanded she not leave in the audition until she signed a contract. Eight studio albums, 53 lead artist singles, 17 featured artist singles, four promotional singles, and two charity singles to her name. She is uh, a machine. She has 14 number one Billboard Hot 100 songs with 32 placing in the top 10. She also has one of the most successful songs on the Billboard Hot 100 with her song We Found Love featuring DJ Calvin Harris topping the charts for 10 weeks wow. and remaining on the top 100 for nearly a year. What? She also has the second highest number of number one songs on the Billboard Dance Club chart at 33 songs after number one. the legend Madonna ah, yes. at 50 of course. and above the Queen Bee Beyonce who Another only sits at 22. Nominee. Sorry. I, this kind of makes sense. Um, her biggest influence, uh, according to her, is Madonna and she once said she wanted to be the Black Madonna. She is so beloved in her home country of Barbados. They started a holiday in 2008. Prime Minister of Barbados David Thompson announced February 22nd, moving forward, is Rihanna Day, and they named the street she lived on Rihanna Drive. It's not a bank holiday, but people are encouraged to come together and listen to her music on that day. In 2007, her legs were insured for $1 million after winning the Gillette Venus Breeze competition for Best Legs. Uh, she appears on the film Bring It On as herself. Her rider includes Corona, Viva Coco Coconut Water, Jack Daniels, Grey Goose, Gummy Bears, and Flaming Hot Cheetos, and that her, the air conditioning be set to 23 degrees as well as the room has to have multiple humidifiers. Her mega-hit umbrella was actually originally written for Britney Spears, who turned it down. It was then offered to Mary J. Blige, who couldn't close the deal, and Def Jam bought the rights for the song, and thus history was born. Uh, even megastars uh, want to see shows, so she will often sneak out into the audience to watch the opening acts wearing a big hoodie to hide her identity. And in 2016, 
just showing how much of an incredible person she is. She won the Harvard Humanitarian of the Year for a decade of charitable work helping nonprofits like the Clara Lionel Foundation and her char charity ball having donated $5 million to coronavirus relief efforts. And despite all this incredible talent and the humanitarian work, she can't wink. <laughs> nope. She's like my wife. She can't do it. <laughs> That's great. Anyhow, Jamie, that is Rihanna, uh, an incredible musician and a wonderful humanitarian. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Let's send it now down to Thomas, who is with our guest today, Sammy Kay. Take it away, Thomas. Talk to you next week, Matt. Matt and Jamie, thank you so much. Yes, I am joined by the one and only Sammy K. He's part of the super fans on the Saturday Night Network. Our partners over there at the SNN, they do a great job. Sammy and Bill Kenny and the Andrews do a wonderful job over there with their super fan takeover shows. Uh, so I'm really pleased to have Sammy joining us. Sammy, how are you doing today? Thomas, I'm I'm doing really well. You know, it's uh, we're recording during uh, an SNL hiatus, but I'm I'm looking forward to the new uh, episode this week that's coming back, and uh, you know things are good. Yeah, we got a nice run. So just to clue the listeners in, we're recording at the end of March, so we're looking forward to the Kinta Brunson episode. Molly Shannon just got announced, and Ana de Armas. So a lot to a, a lot of exciting, a great lineup. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to. Of course, we're looking forward to Molly Shannon's second time hosting SNL. So we're just like pumped and kicking into full gear as far as talking about SNL. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're bringing that energy into the podcast today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we start with our main topic today, we have some season two business to go over real quick. So you are my guest for Seth Meyers in season two. Seth Myers is now an SNL Hall of Famer. So Seth squeaked yep. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need 66.6% of the vote. Seth got 66.7% of the vote. So he's a oh, Hall wow. of Famer. Yeah, yeah, barely. So Sammy, I'd like to think your case for Seth kind of pushed him over that line to be a Hall of Famer. What say <laughs> you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll 100% take all of the credit. And if he had not gotten in, I would have taken none of the blame. Uh, I think that's a famous Michael Scott quote, but uh, no, I mean, I think it's awesome that he like squeaked in there. Like, you know, everything we, we talked about over the podcast, it was like an interesting one to cover because it was talking about him as a writer. And I think at face value, something I thought going to the voting was people were going to discount maybe his time as a cast member on the show or whatever, but clearly, you know, enough people kind of took to heart that he was the the voice of that show for, you know, many years from a writing perspective. And I think, you know, for me personally, and a lot of people, it, it was uh, a golden era of the show. So it's very exciting to see him make the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, and it's nice to see riders get their due too. And I know, you know, he and Tina Fey now are in the SNL Hall of Fame and they're they probably both were aided by being on camera so much and getting that yeah. familiarity. But it's just nice to see the riding category get its due. So we hope definitely that there's more riders who who get a big percentage of the vote. But uh yeah, Seth Myers, you should be happy to know. Hall of Famer. So today we are talking about Rihanna as a musical guest. So before she appeared on SNL, which her first appearance was in 2009, she actually started making a quite the name for herself, uh, to put it lightly, <laughs> in the music industry. Like she had re- released three albums before she her first SNL appearance, uh, "Music of the Sun" in 2005. The big hit, Poem to Replay, was on that one. A Girl Like Me in 2006. Good Girl Gone Bad in 2007. So she was a pretty established artist by the time she got on SNL. So Sammy, I don't know how old you were between about 2005 and 2007, but do you remember maybe when Rihanna was making a name for herself in pop music? Oh, absolutely. Because I was in 2005, um, I was 10 years old. So as far as like, you know, pop music and also like, that's like the time I got like my first iPod. So, you know, the, the first kind of songs you download on your iPod, at least like for people of my generation, like you totally remember what that was. And like, you remember the album art and everything. And like, yeah, all of those singles from that era, like Ponda Replay, like that was always on the radio and always like things that uh people like my generation like she was like the one of the biggest pop stars kind of like of our era and to kind of be able to be at that age and like kind of grow up with her and her music it's been like awesome to kind of see and was surprising to see that she didn't make an appearance on SNL till 2009 like I was you know, I had already started watching the show at that point but I like I I must have like uh, I don't know, must have seen like some other performance of her doing like Umbrella Live during that era. Like, I'm like, how did she never do Umbrella on SNL? So I found that yeah. to be very surprising when going back and, and looking at all these performances. I know that stuck out to me too, that Umbrella was not performed on SNL. And it's interesting that you say you were 10 years old in 2005. And that's kind of when my pop culture memories kind of kicked into gear too, when I was about nine, 10 in that range. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Those right, were the people right. when I was 10 who were uh, who were big in pop music. So that's kind of funny. Actually, in 2005, I was working in radio at the time at one of the big pop music stations here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I definitely remember some of those songs of Rihanna's getting play on our pop music station. So I was in the thick of it working in pop mm-hmm. radio, uh, hearing Rihanna kind of sing her rise earlier. So that was kind of an interesting perspective for me on like the radio side of it right. to see her rise. So that, yeah, that was really neat. So her first episode as musical guest on SNL uh, was December 5th, 2009. That was season 35. She was promoting the album Rated R, uh, which was released a month prior in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, host Blake Lively, that was actually a big episode that I that I really enjoyed because yeah. Blake Lively did a good job. I thought Rihanna was great. Had the potato chip sketch, <laughs> which is one of my yep. Yep. Like, all-time Classic. favorites. So yeah, so just because of Rihanna and Blake Lively and a lot of those sketches, one of which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, just mm-hmm. a really nice episode. As far as Rihanna's performances in that particular episode, like, is there anything that maybe stood out to you? 
Well, Russian Roulette as like a selection for a song I found to be interesting. That was a song that by name only, um, when I kind of saw like the the breakdown and then, you know, went to go back, I'm like, oh, she performed this on SNL? Like that's like kind of like an interesting choice. And the second song selection, Hard, like made like a lot more sense to me. Like that's like a song that like I totally identify as like a big hit from that era. It was really cool to see Young Jeezy as a feature popping at the end there. But yeah, no, I, I guess like for me, it was like the song selection and maybe part of it was also like putting myself in that time and thinking like, oh, like these were kind of the hits that were going on during that era. Like it was in between like Umbrella and like Shut Up and Drive and Please Don't Stop the Music. And then the song she would perform in 2010, which I feel like maybe for me, you know, stick out in my memory a little more. Yeah. What stood out to me the song selection, first and foremost, as you mentioned, I had forgotten maybe about Russian Roulette and Hard. Uh, of course, Hard performing uh, with uh, Young Jeezy on that track, but I had forgotten about those two songs. So the song selection did stick out to me as well, but just her stage presence, I think, is one of the first things about Rihanna and maybe one of the first things that clues me in to why people are drawn to her. Just like, uh, uh, admittedly, I'm not like a huge Rihanna super fan. I don't find myself going to listen to Rihanna just if, you know, if I have time to kill or whatever, if I want to listen to some music. But just watching her, like she's the type where if she comes on Saturday Night Live, I won't get up to use the restroom or let the dogs out or do whatever. Like <laughs> I'm glued to that screen. And that does that doesn't always happen with musical guests with me. But with Rihanna... Just her stage presence, like I want to see what the stage setup is. I want to see what she's wearing, what new hairdo she has. Like she always looks different yeah. too in all of these performances. That's one of the big things that stood out to me. She always looks different. Yeah, she's very much one of those artists where like every album era or like cycle and a rollout of their albums all comes with like a different look or like a kind of a different statement of like, you know, what they're doing with the fashion and the set design and yeah, she's definitely one of those artists that does that. And, you know, something that I noticed watching all these performances back to back is obviously she was already established, as we've said, in 2009, like had released a couple albums. But I felt as far as like her confidence being able to perform on SNL, which is, you know, a live environment that we don't have on television that much. Like even if you go on the late night shows, it's not live, it's pre-recorded. So I, I found that like the through line of like how confident she was on that SNL stage and kind of like the bold choices she made throughout, you can really like track that as you kind of go through all these performances, which I found to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Just confidence, stage presence. That's like, I think the thing that 
stood out to me the most with her. So I, I really did enjoy these two performances. Again, Russian Roulette and Hard were the song choices from her first appearance. She was also in a pretty famous sketch with uh it was a digital short in her first episode so before we get specifically into that digital short i'm curious how do you feel when a musical guest pops up in a sketch oh i mean i i'm you know not the type of snl fan who feels like very precious about whether or not people should cameo if we're taking stuff away from you're theoretically taking stuff away from like cast members. Like obviously I want the cast members to be able to shine, but if you have somebody who, you know, is in the building, whether because they're a musical guest or they just happen to be around that can like add something to a sketch without taking away from another cast member, like I'm all for that. And uh, having Rihanna in the building to do an SNL digital short. I mean, a lot of times throughout the Lonely Island era of the show, you would see these musical guests kind of pop in and, you know, figuring or, Kind of like it's always an interesting production choice for the show to decide like, all right, are we going to bring the musical guest in for this short or is it going to be its own thing? And clearly like the first time Rihanna ever came on to SNL, the Lonely Island guys were like, all right, we got to take this opportunity and make something that I think is one of their best digital shorts. The two of them, I think, are you know some of my favorites. Yeah, I think it's a bonus when a musical guest uh, uh, appears in a sketch. And we had recently done an episode about Beyonce and that was one of, honestly, like a mark in her favor was when she appeared in a couple of sketches, actually, during her time uh, as musical guests. And yeah, I really enjoy it. And this this example in particular, probably not taking away any spot that a cast member would have otherwise played. Like this one that right. she was in seemed like specifically pretty much written for Rihanna. So we're, of course, we're talking about the Shy Ronnie digital short here. Sammy, why don't you kind of walk us through the sketch and maybe your thoughts on it? Yeah. So uh, this particular Shy Ronnie sketch, because like I said, they they did two, they should have done three, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about that, um, is uh, it's, a, it's a musical digital short where Rihanna and this character Shy Ronnie played by uh, Andy Samberg are like kind of at like this, they're in like a kindergarten class or something and they're talking to the students and uh, it's a yeah, very confident classic Rihanna performance. And then, you know, she turns it over to Shirani and Shirani just has no confidence at all. You could probably say he's the exact opposite in every way of Rihanna as far as a performer goes. Just like mumbling and it's like really funny just the juxtaposition between Rihanna and, and Shirani's performances. And, you know, eventually when Rihanna, you know, leaves the room because she's sick of Shirani, then Andy Samberg like breaks it down and does like a classic, you know, intense hardcore rap that Andy would do in a lot of the, you know, musical Lonely Island digital short sketches. So it's just it's just so much fun. The kicker to me is there, of course, is shy Ronnie is only shy when when Rihanna's around. 
and then he's right, super intense right. and loud Wh- otherwise. Which makes yeah. sense, you know, like if I was around Rihanna, I'd probably be a little shy as well. Completely <laughs> makes sense. She's like intimidating almost like uh it's another one of those moments where she just exudes confidence i think and i think that type of confidence balanced out well with that shy ronnie character and that's why i think that it was possibly written specifically for rihanna because you needed a confident performer commanded that type of maybe reaction from a character like shy ronnie Uh, a lot of musical guests maybe didn't have that commanding presence like Rihanna does. That's why I think her specifically, like her presence specifically, I think helped make this sketch what it was. Yeah. And like, even like from like a musical production standpoint, like it it sounds like a, like kind of a Rihanna beat or production style and her cadence on the song. Like it's totally her own. It's not like they, you know, just plugged her into something that, like you said, like they already had written, like it's clearly like built around her persona and yeah, if she wasn't in the building, I don't know if like a sketch like this would exist. Like, I, I feel like you, you need somebody like her, you know, ma- maybe it could work with like a Beyonce or something like that. But, you know, specifically Rihanna, like it just the, the pieces came together and, you know, turned into one of my favorite digital shorts. But I, I might like the second one more and we can we can talk yes. about that when we get. So we had what I think was a really nice debut for Rihanna in her very first episode Two really fun songs. She had great stage presence. Of course, she was in a really great digital short. One of, I think, one of the huge fan favorites out of all the digital shorts that the Lonely Island did. I think Shy Ronnie was just a huge fan favorite. So great start, I think, for Rihanna. Her second appearance, October 30th, 2010, in season 36. She's promoting the album Loud, which is going to be set to be released there in a couple weeks. Host John Hamm. Uh, I just kind of want to shout out John Hamm because we uh, maybe we'll do an episode on John Hamm in the coming seasons. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's just such a good host. And so Rihanna has been, been paired with a couple good hosts, <laughs> Blake Lively and John Hamm, in her first two appearances. So mm-hmm. she performs What's My Name. girl in the world brought this up when we were talking about her first episode, but she looks completely different. She just changes her style from performance to performance. Yeah. Yeah. Does she have the red hair in this one? I'm trying to remember. I think that I didn't jot down specifically. I probably should have, but I just jotted down like she looks totally different (laughs) in her third performance. She definitely, uh, you know, brings a, you know, a different energy, um, you know, to, to the, I mean, and, and like kind of what you're saying 
with pairing her with different hosts and, you know, just from a scheduling perspective, like, you know, she comes back a year later. So obviously, you know, she has something else to promote, but, you know, clearly like the show wants Rihanna back and, you know, gets her back as, as soon as possible. in like the modern era where you're not having people come back to the show like multiple times in the season. So her coming back in 2010 is, you know, it's great. And yeah, like she's paired with an awesome host. And I, and I think what's my name and only girl in the world, like two songs that like, Compared to those first two, like, I think these are a lot bigger, like a lot more popular, like definitely like, you know, smash hits. And you said this was leading up to an album. Yeah, her album Loud was going to be released that November, probably a couple yeah. of weeks after this performance. Yeah. So like, yeah, these are like, obviously, from like a singles perspective and a music perspective, like these are just like great sort of songs to like, you know, bring to SNL and, and be able to promote for for your new project. And, you know, especially in The Only Girl, the production value on stage seems to be amped up from the first episode. So I think they gave Rihanna more freedom to do stuff on stage that she didn't do in the first episode. Just the just production wise, there was just more going on. And I think uh, specifically with Only Girl, it was the most fun performance up to this point for her, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, there's like, I mean, that song kind of lends to like, you know, the sort of like electronic, like music of that time, like the dance breakdown. And she kind of gets like a you know moment to like with her and her background dancers to like really like show her moves and whatnot. And uh, no, it's like a super fun performance. I think this is showing her SNL Hall of Fame credentials already. As far as I think there's a lot of people like me who might get up and leave when a musical guest is on. I know I had said that, you know, that's one of the things that first I noticed about Rihanna was just like, she's somebody who I have to watch. But I think that counts for a lot when we're talking SNL Hall of Fame is, does this person compel you, even if you're not a big fan, to still sit there and watch them perform? And I think these are two examples uh, here in her second episode of songs and performances that just compel pretty much anybody to just sit there and say, like, I got to check out what's going on here on this stage. And there's only, there's not a ton of musical guests, um, I would say maybe even over the last 15 to 20 years, who just immediately compel the viewer to stay, stay there and watch SNL when the musical guest is on. And also with What's My Name, you know, it's interesting. That's a song she has with Drake. And I think at that time, I mean, for a while, she had like an on and off again relationship with him. Not sure what the status was in, in October of 2010. But, uh, you know, sometimes for me, when I, there's a song that an artist performs on SNL and like, you know, the feature doesn't show up. They're not in the building, whatever. It could be a little disappointing. But, you know, the solo version of this song, like totally works. Like every everything, um, you know, she puts into the performance, you know, makes me, who is a fan, you know, not upset when like Drake doesn't walk in to, you know, do his verse or anything like that. So I think that's a testament to the performance too. It's a great performance if we even forget that there's supposed to be a feature yeah. performer in the song. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is the second time, of course, that she's in the Shy Ronnie digital short. You had alluded to your feelings about this one as even compared to the first one. So why don't you kind of expand on that like what did you see from this one uh, on its own and compared to the first one well maybe because this one's like a little more gimmicky like the fact that it's like a bonnie and clyde parody which is only only makes sense in the context of the sketch because ronnie 
rhymes with Bonnie. Like that's that's the only reason why why they thought to do it. It's not like it's not like there's any attempt to make a a pun with like Rihanna and Clyde. Like that there's nothing there. It was it was purely like probably something they thought of like late at night going into the week of like oh we we should do something with shy ronnie well what, what's like the hook this time oh ronnie and clyde that totally like tracks and makes sense but no but this the you know the the idea that instead of being in a, a kindergarten class which honestly when i was describing the first shy ronnie you know the setting of it is isn't as memorable and like the actual context or of why they're doing the song isn't as I guess relevant uh, than it is in Shy Ronnie Two, where they're they're Bonnie and Clyde. They're trying to you know rob a bank, and there's so many fun things they're able to play with. To where what if your bank, the person that was robbing you, was Shy Ronnie, and like they had no confidence at all. Like I'd believe that someone like you know Rihanna, someone you got to be confident and, and fearless to like rob a bank, you know, and you know have a Tommy gun and everything like that. But Shy Ronnie had had none of that energy. I feel like also when you make a sequel to like a, a sketch, you know, a lot of times, you know, you repeat some of the beats and, you know, is it as funny as the beats from the first time? And like in this one, I, I think like, you know, the, the, the beats are repeated and, and they're elevated, especially like, you know, in the first one, he, he pisses him, his, pisses his pants. And the second one, he's like imagining everybody naked and uh, he get, he gets a boner and Rihanna says, <laughs> boner alert. Boner alert. I feel like is something like me and my friends would like say like you know like think about it. this came out in 2010 I'm like a sophomore in high school so we would say stuff like that that and, was your catchphrase you know, at school yeah <laughs> yeah yep, 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 yep. and then I was expelled <laughs> yes. you know uh, for too many alerts no but uh, uh, no I just I I think like it's like what you want in a sequel they just like kind of elevate everything and they just took the concept. That is funny from the first one, like having the shy Ronnie character, but they they just elevate it. They you know they they made it. They justified the reason to do a sequel by making it like even better than the first one, in my opinion. I'm curious to hear what you think about Shy Ronnie Two versus Shy Ronnie. If you feel similarly, you know, I take notes for these episodes, of course. And my very first note underneath the second Shy Ronnie digital short is, I like this better than the first. So that was like the very first thing. And I liked the first one, don't get me wrong. But kind of piggybacking on on what you said, there were similar beats, but I think those beats were just kind of little seedlings in the first one. And I think there was escalation in this one. So for example, Rihanna's still singing as she gives Ronnie encouragement. And she also sings and narrates what's happening. Why did I think you could do this? Ronnie has to jump the move. So she kind of did that, I think, in the first sketch, but this one was more toward we're leaning into Rihanna singing every single thing and giving Ronnie encouragement and singing in places that you're not necessarily supposed to be singing in. So I think that's an example of the escalation that both you and I felt and noticed in this second shy Ronnie. Um, Of course, you know, we see that Ronnie is only shy when Rihanna is around. Of course, that has to happen (laughs) (laughs) in this one. Uh, I just think the comedic timing was there too on Rihanna's part, honestly, whether it was a product of great writing or her performance or both. 
I think her comedic timing, as far as when she would sing and what she would say, I think it fit really well. She actually, whereas in the first one, I think she was just sort of getting her bearings and she was just kind of there in the sketch. I think this one, she's more owning the sketch more so than the first one. Does, does, it, does that make sense? That's kind of stuff that oh, I that, noticed. Yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense. And like, especially with like some some uh, delivery with like, or some line delivery, like, you know, John Hamm, you know, our host for the episode appears in the sketch and, you know, her, her like, you know, grabbing the bag of bag of money and like taking John Hamm with her. And she's like, we're gonna have sex. Like, it's like, you know, like the way, like she's, she's able to kind of navigate it. I think a, a lot stronger from like a comedic standpoint. And, uh, you know, this, this doesn't, this next point, you know, doesn't really talk about Rihanna necessarily, but another thing this sketch has over the other one is like the cast, like the cast is in this. Like I think in the first one, it's mainly kind of children extras, you know, in this one, you know, all, we have our cast, like, you know, Vanessa Bayer, Bobby Moynihan, like just seeing their faces and they're scared and their reaction, their reactions to Shirani and everything going on, like definitely adds to the sketch. So yeah, I think uh, they, they nailed it with Shirani too. Every fan who was excited at the possibility at that time of seeing a second shy Ronnie uh, was not disappointed. I don't think yeah. this is one of those recurring things that like got better, I think. Uh, and both of them are really good. So uh, before we move along to her future appearances, is there anything from this particular one, her second one that stood out to you? I thought like, you know, definitely both like really solid performances, you know, and, you know, I kind of just echo all the points you said as far as like her being able to kind of elevate the performance. And it just kind of goes to like where she was in her career and kind of like being a returning musical guest versus, you know, a first timer, like, you know, the show's going to let you have a little bit more leeway and, you know, uh, what you do with your performance. All right. Yeah. So she does return May 5th, 2012 in season 37. And it's interesting to me here, we're seeing a theme. So her first episode was season 35, then 36, now 37. So she's becoming one of those go-to musical guests for the show. And partly because obviously she's huge in pop culture and also because she's just a good musical guest She's good on the show. She see, obviously plays well with the cast whenever they ask her to do that. So it's interesting to me, her third appearance on the show is her third consecutive season. And of course, we'll see that with the next performance or the next appearance. But uh, so this third one's May 5th, 2012. Uh, this was a few months after releasing Talk That Talk. So I think, again, and I don't know if you noticed this too, even bigger production, stage production is amped up. There's just a lot going on on stage. And I mean that in a good way, Sammy. If I remember correctly, she's kind of in like all black and she has this like behind her, like this kind of spider web thing mm -hmm. going on, which is really cool, which um, when I was watching it made me think like, is this another like Halloween episode? But no, she hosted <laughs> this in May. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And, um, you know, I also thought what was interesting going into the performances you know, you sent me the notes and it said, talk that talk, but she starts the performance singing uh, birthday cake. Like another like really fun Rihanna song. And I, I kind of thought this was going to, 
you know, it'd been a couple of years since I, I watched the performance. I was like, oh, is she going to be one of those SNL performers that gets to do like a medley? Like, you know, there's always every couple of years, like, you know, when a really big artist comes to SNL, you not only get to do like one song here and one song there, but you get to do a medley. And she kind of had a mini version of that, singing about 30 seconds of birthday cake and then going into talk that talk. SNL, put your hands But I just found that to be kind of interesting that she's like, yeah, I want to do three songs. So I'm going to you know, squeeze in this one, you know, just to kind of get people hype. And I, if I remember correctly, is this the performance where she's like, you know, has everybody clap? I think like, you know, she's like really like trying to get the audience like amped up. And, you know, that might be another reason why she started off with that first song. And uh, no, I mean, she she looked like she was having a ton of fun during this performance. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my main notes for this is she seemed to be having so much fun. She was laughing. She was smiling. Like, I think Rihanna, when I think of Rihanna, she has more of a maybe, I don't want to say stone face, but she's doesn't, she's not always laughing or stoic. She's very, that's very good. Very way to use your words, Sammy. She's very stoic. Thanks. (laughs) uh, And like confident. We we talked about that confidence, but like it comes across in, in in a lot of you know in stoic ways and so but she here um specifically in talk that talk she was laughing smiling as you had mentioned she was getting the crowd involved and that was a departure from the first four songs or first two appearances um where they're very good obviously very good performances but I think I saw the more of the human side of Rihanna come out when she was performing Talk That Talk. She was just having a blast up there. And yeah, it was the one with the, there was a big spider web set design. And uh, the, that yeah, that was just, it was really nice to see her just kind of break out of her shell and smiling and laughing. It's a, an episode towards the end of the season. So summer's all, almost here. Like the season's almost over. Like just, you know, getting to, to kind of have that fun vibe. Uh, was was really just a, a nice choice. Yeah, the second song was Where Have You Been? I've been everywhere, man, looking for someone Someone who can please me, love me all night long I've been everywhere, man, looking for you, babe Looking for you, babe Searching for you, babe And that was the one where it was an Egyptian setting and she was laying on like a bed or something that looked like a futon, but she was, uh, it was a nice Egyptian setup in the background. And that was just from, we've seen from her first performance to the second performance, now to her third performance, the production does just seem to get bigger and bigger from episode to episode. And that Calvin Harris sort of era of her career where she was doing like a lot of collaborations with him. It's just such like a, a, a time capsule or just like a snapshot of like kind of where pop music was at that time. So having her perform, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, everything with the background dancers, it was just like a really like interesting choice for her to do for this song in particular. 
I think her third episode was a really good one. Of course, you know, I think it's a good time to point out that there's no third installment of Shirani. Would you have liked to see the trilogy happen or what? Well, to remind people, which I'm sure our listeners, you know, big SNL fans probably know, this is like May 2012. So this is, I guess, the the third, the second or the third to last episode um, where Andy Samberg was on the show and, and Kristen Wiig as well. And, you know, the episode after this, we get the 100th SNL digital short. And the episode after that, we get Lazy Sunday 2. So maybe they're thinking, all right, like, we're about to do Lazy Sunday 2 in a couple of weeks. Like, you know, does it kind of dilute the anticipation for that digital short, you know, kind of the full circle nature of it just to do, you know, Shy Ronnie 3? Like, I feel like maybe if she had come earlier in the season to perform on SNL or something like that. Maybe maybe that would have changed things. But I mean, I would have loved to see it. I guess like maybe a good compromise would have been while you have Rihanna in the building to film something with her for the 100th digital short. Because like, I don't remember if Shy Rani makes an appearance, but so many characters, you know, from all the digital shorts pop up in that. So it would have been nice to see that kind of, you know, nod to, uh, you know, her character and, and Shirani and everything. But, uh, you know, disappointing. But, you know, sometimes movies, TV shows, things don't go out on top. And I guess I don't see us getting a Shirani 3 anytime soon. So to close the book on Shirani, I, I think uh, Ronnie and Clyde kind of nails it. But uh, if I were to time travel back to when I was watching the show as a, a junior in high school, I, I, I'm sure I was pretty mad that they didn't bring it back. One thing that I'm pretty confident in saying is that it wasn't because Rihanna didn't enjoy being in those. Uh, I recently right. heard Andy talk about those sketches with Rihanna, and he says that that when he sees Rihanna to this day, which isn't terribly often, but it has happened, he uh-huh. said. He says that Rihanna says, uh, shy Ronnie, and like in kind of an excited <laughs> way whenever she sees him. So, so it seems like that That's she amazing. had positive experiences. Yeah, it seems like she had positive experiences yeah. uh, with Andy if she looks yeah. at him so and maybe, goes, shy Maybe we should close the book. Yeah, she yeah, still maybe remembers. Maybe we should close the book on it. Maybe, yeah, you never know. I mean, if that if that uh, long-awaited album of hers ever comes out, maybe mm-hmm. she'll come back to SNL and maybe Andy will make a cameo. Who knows? Yeah, and when, when we as SNL fans in our community have had maybe what some would say pipe dreams, when, those, when that talk comes up, I always point to, well, the 50th is coming up. We got yeah, we got yeah. the fiftieth, you know, SNL fifties yeah. coming up, so you never know. I think we always have that to hold on to. Right, the fiftieth is coming up. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> so, in November of 2012, she appears in a fourth consecutive season, which to me is super impressive for a musical guest. I mean, on the host side, we've seen John Mulaney do that. We used to see Steve Martin do that. But for a musical guest, that's something that might happen in the early days. Like you might see Paul Simon or somebody come on for that many consecutive seasons. But for her fourth consecutive SNL season to be a musical guest, that's, I don't know, that's pretty impressive to me. What I mean, does that tell you anything about what how the show views her? Well, yeah, I mean, just to like, you know, give you a peek into how my brain works I, I was I, I wasn't looking at the season numbers when you sent me this list. So I see, okay, she does 2009, 2010, then you know doesn't come back till 2012. But then it's in 2012 twice. So like I don't know, 
I, I was thinking like, oh, why was there that gap between 2010 and 2012? But no, it was just, you know, she was in the fall of one season and then the spring mm-hmm. of the next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like another recent example of, a, you know, musical guests these days that have like come back like so consecutively. I, I'm, I'm failing to remember. But yeah, I think it not only speaks to kind of where she was at in her career, where, I mean, this is her at, I mean, she's still at the height of her powers, but definitely from like a music standpoint, like reaching new heights during this era. And these two songs we're about to talk about, like mm-hmm. some of her biggest hits of all time. But, you know, I think it definitely points to the fact that she must have a good relationship with the show. And and again, like this hosting uh, booking, it's Anne Hathaway in like fall of 2012. I mean, that's like a pretty big booking. It's like post her playing Catwoman and like The Dark Knight Rises. And also I think um, this is around the time she was promoting her um, Oscar-nominated performance in Les Mis, um, which she eventually won for. So, you know, I mean, this is like a, a pretty solid, uh, you know, pair of host and musical guests for this episode. Yeah, Rihanna's promoting her album Unapologetic, which was released that very month in uh, November of 2012. And Sammy, I think as far as just musically, I think this might be my favorite Rihanna episode as a musical guest. So the first song, you mentioned that she had done two big hits. So the first song she did was Diamonds. To me, this is like showcasing her singing, just her pure singing more than any other performance so far that she was done. And if you have trippy visuals and you have a cool, you know, elaborate setup, but to me, this showcases more Rihanna, like the the musical artist, that more than I had seen from her other performances. Yeah, I mean, both of these, I think, you know, I'm not, as far as like the terminology goes, I'd, I'd say you consider both of these songs, Diamonds and Stay, as ballads. So she, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of chooses to make this a, a very different performance. And obviously, you know, these songs, I mean, I think, you know, most of her albums kind of have like at least one or two ballads, but the fact that like these, for this particular album, you know, these were like kind of like the big songs, you know, being able to showcase her voice, the power of her voice and the kind of emotion and the, and the, the pathos, uh, and her performance. It's, uh, they're, they're both like really just stunning performances. And she also, uh, recently, you know, when she performed at the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure she closed out her performance with diamonds. So it's Mm -hmm. just like a very powerful song and, um, you know, makes sense that, she kind of chose to open up the show uh, with this one. Yeah, I think that was so good. And then the second song uh, was Stay, which to me, you know, it was the most stripped down performance so far in her SNL performing career. I love the flashy stage production and everything, but I also want to see the artist perform. And I love that. I love the choice that Rihanna made in this episode to kind of scale it back to do a couple of slower songs. So uh, yeah, Diamonds and Stay, just her choice to do those songs in the way that she did them 
contributes to this maybe being just purely music wise my favorite rihanna episode uh, on the yeah. show yeah for sure so her most recent and her next i should say her next and final appearance as musical guest was may 16th 2015 that's season 40 so she takes season 39 off so she ends her streak which, okay, Cal Ripken Jr., you're not, I suppose. I don't know, Rihanna. <laughs> but she comes back in season 40 for her fifth time appearing on the show. She's a five-timer musical guest. So this is May 16th, 2015. Host Louis C.K. So first song is one that she, another one that she played at the Super Bowl this year. Bitch Better Have My Money. I thought it was a really interesting performance. Actually, both of these were pretty interesting performances to me. So what were your thoughts and takes on on this most recent Rihanna appearance on SNL? Well, yeah, I mean, Bitch Better Have My Money is like, I, I love that song. Like, I, I don't know, that might be like surprising. I don't know. I, I It's just like <laughs> such a fun song. And like kind of like the story behind it is also interesting. So I'm pretty sure somebody on her team like was like, kind of like embezzling money from her and that's like kind of like what the i'm pretty sure that's like what the song is about uh you know so there's you, you can kind of tell in the performance she's like mad like she's you know like you can like really feel that and i thought the the set design for this one was like really cool and like you know i was talking about kind of like the through line of her performances earlier like yeah we get to this last performance and you know she has this like fake car and everything going on and the green screen in the background and like it kind of all unfolds and you know goes into like kind of a traditional set outside of the car and i don't know everything about that is is, is so just cool and fun and it kind of shows her kind of her effortless coolness that she kind of exudes in a lot of her performances and you know another thing i kind of noted is that this is the season finale of snl 40 so you know mm. the fact that you know she took the year off and comes back um, and obviously SNL 40, not only was the 40th anniversary special, like a celebration of the show, but I feel like throughout that entire season, various guests who come back to host and make cameos or whatever, it was, it was a, a year long celebration. So I thought, you know, the booking of having her, you know, close out the season was a very solid choice and was, uh, I think a big deal and worth noting. Yeah, she was kind of intense. Uh, yeah, during during Bitch Better Have My Money. That's interesting. The background that you shared of that song now that makes I, sense. I, I, that, I hope I'm right. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's, there's, that's correct. <laughs> we'll we'll get fact checked by by listeners. Yeah, if not so we're absolutely we're good. But uh, yeah, that's super interesting. When one another song, her second song uh, does have a cool backstory. It, um, it's probably the song that that probably has the biggest message that she's performed on SNL. So her second song of the night was America. American oxygen. This song is 
about an immigrant coming to the United States with an outsider's perspective. And so, of course, Rihanna is from Barbados and she's an immigrant herself. So this is a very, I think, personal song to her. So it seems like both of these song choices in this episode were were personal to Rihanna. I mean, this was a song, again, kind of coming full circle with, you know, I, I saw the name of Russian Roulette at the beginning. I was like, what's this song again? And same thing with American Oxygen. I was like, oh, I, I don't really remember this song and was like totally kind of like blown away by the performance and everything around it to where, you know, you have like all these images in the background, um, you know, on a green screen of kind of what you were saying, like there's footage of Martin Luther King and, and a lot of things kind of representative of like the history of like, you know, African-Americans in the country and, and everything. And the the lighting on Rihanna's face is like, you know, she's kind of like obscured. Like she, it's like almost like the the point of the performance is to kind of look what's behind her and like not draw you know much attention to herself at all and i thought that was like a really strong choice and yeah i mean even though i didn't remember it like the second i kind of started watching it again i'm like oh yeah this is like a very like at the time was like an interesting decision to make and you know you kind of look at like the timing of it it's like you know may of 2015 so obviously so much happens you know in the next year with you know the 2016 election and you know all those conversations about Trump wanting to build a wall and, and and things like that so you know it's almost like obviously issues with immigration were going on have always gone on and you know uh, but you know she kind of prefaced that conversation that we were about to you know lead into with the 2016 election yeah those visuals um that were on in the background while when the when she was performing were uh, were pretty great they're pretty neat it was very touching very touching performance so that 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 final episode the song choices and the performances seem very personal to Rihanna. And it's interesting to me when I've been doing these episodes about musical guests, it's interesting when there's like a narrative arc with their appearances. And to me, we kind of saw that with like Dave Grohl in season two. He's been on the show 14 plus 14 times. I think at this point, there was a neat little narrative arc for Dave Grohl. I think we can see one with Rihanna, both like within each episode, there seems like there's different, there's themes almost. And then we can see her. So from like episode one, immediately she was very confident because that's just kind of who she is. But maybe the stage setup was more stripped down. We saw the, you know, the stage setup get a little more elaborate from like, episode two to episode three, episode four. That was the one we were talking about when she did diamonds and stay. That was like maybe more stripped down to ballady kind of songs. And with this one, the theme was just personal. It was very personal to her with the neat elaborate background in the back. So I don't know, like, did you think that we could find like a story, I guess, or uh, (laughs) like going into this as far as like, as far as Rihanna's appearances and like like a narrative arc with Rihanna, I think that's pretty cool. I think it, it kind of just reflects, um, you know, that that time period of, you know, 2009 to 2015 for her as an artist. Like we were both kind of surprised that she hadn't been on the show earlier. But once she does come onto the show, she kind of establishes like, you know, that she is somebody that like you said, like people are going to pay attention when they're on SNL. She probably not only with her own fan base, but even casual fans, people who aren't watching SNL all the time, they you know see that Rihanna's on SNL. They're like, we're going to tune in and watch that because clearly every time she came to the table, she brought something interesting and new with all her performances. And uh, 
kind of bummed out that she never came back. I mean, 2016 was the last time she dropped an album and Anti is like such a great album. Like I think it might be my favorite Rihanna album and all the kind of choices she made from a production standpoint were super interesting and would have loved to see her perform those songs on the show. And I'd be happy if this year she came back to SNL and just did songs from Anti. Like I don't even need her to do (laughs) songs from a new album. Like, you know, like would love to see her come back to the show. So is a new album something that people are expecting or is it just more so they're hoping? Uh, (laughs) I think it's like, I think um, people today when they're fans of people are always expecting stuff from artists. Like they're always, you know, if it's been X amount of years and you're this level of fame and notoriety, unless you've like officially said you're retired. I think fans are always expecting a new album every two to three years, but it's been almost set. I think it's been seven years since her last album. And obviously she has Fenty and everything now. And she, you know, just, you know, had a baby and is going to have another baby. And I think before the Super Bowl performance, people were kind of like, okay, this, she's going to perform at the Super Bowl. Like this is, and, and she released the song for the Black Panther 2 album. So people kind of thought, okay, this is it. And then I think now that she's having another baby, people are like, all right, let's put a pin in, pin on the, in, in the, those hopes for a new album for a little longer. But I, I would hope to see one, you know, hopefully in, in, the, in the near future. And of course she has done some stuff. Uh, she pops up here and there. She did the song, uh, lift me up for black Panther Wakanda forever. She performed it at the Academy Awards back in March, and it was nominated for Best Original Song. Of course, she performed at the Super Bowl uh, this year. And I know this doesn't have anything to do with her SNL Hall of Fame case, but what did you think of her Super Bowl performance this year? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Like, totally, like, not what I expected in any way from what she would do. But again, that's kind of like going back to what we've been saying about her performance at the SNL. Like, it was totally... I, I thought like the songs she chose to do were were like really interesting, like the the song selection, and uh, I don't know, I, it was just like really cool. Everything with the floating stages I found to be just like very visually stimulating. Yeah, and of course the right away when she comes out, Twitter was all a buzz with you know. <laughs> Is is she trying to, is she announcing something? Is she announcing that she's <laughs> pregnant? And of course, what we right. all assumed during the performance was confirmed after that. So that was, a, that was a neat way of Rihanna to tell the world that she was expecting. Definitely a memorable Super Bowl performance for sure. All right, Sammy. So now is your chance to sum up your case for why Rihanna should at least be considered for the SNL Hall of Fame. I think as far as like modern day pop stars, Rihanna is one of the biggest that we have and has a catalog of music that is just so iconic and so many distinct different eras. And she, for consecutive years, almost five times brought those performances and all of those different eras to the show and every time made it just an incredible performance, kind of must see TV for you know SNL fans and, and just music fans in general. And not only that, she is in not one, but two Shirani sketches, which you can argue are some of the, the pinnacles of SNL digital shorts. And I know we're talking about Rihanna from a musical guest perspective, but she is in a musical digital short. And I think that only adds to her case uh, to why she should be in the SNL Hall of Fame. <laughs> 
there's that. Thank you so much to Sammy K from the SNL Superfans, a subsidiary of the Saturday Night Network. Check it out for all your Saturday night needs. <laughs> uh, great episode, folks. Uh, you know, again, off the top, I said she's a Hall of Famer. I don't think she's the first ballot Hall of Famer, but she's a Hall of Famer based on what she's done on the show alone. But then she's global, like she could sell out a stadium. And for her to play in 8H is 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 really special. And if you're there, you know, you happen to be there at dress or for the live show, you're getting to see something pretty special. So there's that. Let's listen to the Hall of Fame performance now. This is Rihanna, of course, uh, performing Diamonds on the SNL Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, Rihanna.
that's it. That's that's what you have to hear. You hear that crowd. Uh, if you could isolate just the audience, they were having a hell of a time. They were so jazzed to be seeing a mega act, you know, in an intimate setting. And that's really, really cool. So, again, you know, consider and, – and, hey, I'll, I'll be up front here. It's not my genre. Uh, like I'm a I'm a rock and roll guy, so it's not my genre at all. But I just think that enough is enough with this musical guest uh, boycotting. You know, on your ballots, it's okay. They're a big part of the show. That's what I got to say about that. And that's what I have to say about anything this week. I want to thank Sammy Kay. I want to thank Thomas and Matt. And of course, I want to thank you for joining us as you do each and every week. Make sure to register to vote wherever we offer registering to vote, uh, which is all our social. And if you go to snlhof.com, you could do that there as well. I've got one more favor to ask you, though, on your way out as you walk past the weekend update exhibit. Could you turn out the lights? Because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. Podcasts and such.